episode 38. It's episode 38. A song that nobody knows what it means. It's Because that asshole never explains anything. The last humans in a world of robots. Is that true? Yeah. I think it... Because in the... In, like, Marcus Parks in the very extensive um, Misfits uh, No Dogs in Space series said nobody nobody really nobody really knows what it is huh. but um the fact that it would be a sci-fi movie seems highly likely though yeah it's possible yeah uh, there was some i i don't know the name of it but like some science fiction uh novel or short story or something where the last humans live in zone 138 and they have to mm. fight robots and that's plausible. Yeah, and Danzig goes on to keep his mystique as to say, it's just about violence. <laughs> his totally bro heavy browaged mystique. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. do, do the script. Welcome to Oops, All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me when he's not plucking children off the streets of Santa Carla, California, and forcing them to listen to Aerosmith out in the dunes is Gavin. Ooh, that was a long one. And this weirdo with me who lived in a cave for 40 years and through the pain and through the tears still believes is Hess. Oh man, I love the Proto Men cover of that. You, you should listen you should listen to I that. I have listened sometime. to that, yes. It's so good. It's pretty um, good. it's great. Uh, we should get a I bet Timmy Capella does um, cameos. We should get him to do a cameo for Get the show. Timmy Capella, really? <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. Ca- I bet he does cameos. I've seen oh. him active recently. Yeah, you yeah, think I'd, it would be? If I was him, I'd be doing cameos. Either. I mean, I'm not saying that's a negative thing. It just means like you probably got a narrow window of like saxophone-related opportunities to to monetize yourself. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, do you think it would be easier slash cheaper to get him and tell him you don't have to do any saxophone shit? I bet saxophone shit is an extra tip, and if he's doing if he's doing that, actually touching the saxophone, you got to know it's going to be like an extra fifty bucks or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want to qu- try to quantify what I think Timmy Capella's time is worth. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I'm not going to go there. He played saxophone for Tina Turner. Yeah. So at one point, his time was uh, infinitely precious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hard to say. Like at the height. We of don't her. need another hero. We just need Timmy Capella and his redonkulous pectoral muscles. Yeah, he was at the He really looked like he was ramping up to be a Mad Max villain and yeah. then 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 took a weird off ramp. Yeah, that he really should have been in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> He should have been the bad guy in in Fury. He should have been the saxophone player in in Anti Entities. Yeah, what was up with that? Yeah. By the way, yeah. Well, they just had some saxophone player, and it wasn't Timmy Capella. I bet yeah. there was some kind of timing thing. Yeah. Where like he wasn't around then, or he wasn't yet in the band. I can't do that mental math right now. Yeah. So, um, if anybody actually knows that. Uh, 
I don't know if there's. I mean, it could have because they just had that really weird, awkward guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, the ripped dude would kind of make sense for yeah. Every- if you had this this like elite. Tiny palace in the sky, yeah. run by pig shit. All, all of her other cronies were like built bodybuilder, like mullet mohawk guys, and which yeah. is what Timmy Capella was. <laughs> yeah, he's he's built for that world already. Yeah, he was probably doing something else. He had to have been. It's, yeah, he's posing for action figures. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. Quick reminder, check the Instagram. It is at oopsallmonsters. At oopsallmonsters. Um, And as this is a me episode, Gavin, do you have something to drag us into the unlikely avenues of the English language that we like to call... Villainous vocabulary. Yes, yes, I have a word. I got a word for you. Yeah, bird? Um, no, no, never. Well, that was my one guess. Um, my word is concupiscence. Concupiscence? Concupiscence, which means pretty much lecherous, if you know what lecherous means. Ah, uh, yeah, like a dirty old, the dirty desire. old man word? Yeah, Concupi- dirty old man. Okay. Concupiscence. Is another word. Is concupiscence. Concupis. Wow, that's um, a gross word. It is. It is. I like it. It's very concupiscent. Oh, I see. It's. I see. It has kind of like a a, a Christian mythology kind of yeah, derivation. Yeah, it's from high Latin. In the, in the Roman Catholic and Lutheran theologies is it's a tendency toward human sins of the flesh. How delightfully arcane. What? Okay, cool. Concupiscence. Concupiscence. It really does sound, it does sounds like something you have, it's, it also kind of sounds like something you need to go to the, um, to the PP doctor for, to the yeah. urologist for. It, to me, it sounds like something that you're doing. <laughs> like I'm doing some concupiscence right here. Uh, I gotta check on the kid. He just made that face that he makes whenever he does a concupiscence. When he's ever whenever yeah. he's concupiscent. <laughs> I'm so concupiscent. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I'm All right, gonna... and that has been bulging with fluids. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Villainous vocabulary. Uh, it's a me episode, so I'm yeah. gonna go yeah. to. Drag my badonkadonk over to the imagine, <laughs> if you will. So tired. I'm prepared to imagine. So, yeah, so tiring carrying around this colossal dumper on me all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because whenever I think of you, I think of your fat ass, of course. <laughs> I said, uh, I used the phrase colossal dumper around Chris like the other day. Yeah. And she just couldn't handle it. She had never heard that phrase or even really like dumper used at all. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I'm not saying it because it's not funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's fucking funny. It's why I said it. Um, <laughs> it's just what it's just a, some 
some dirty phrases are hilarious. Um, that's why my PUBG name is Colossal Dumper 69. You know, yeah. just imagine if you will, you are a very pretty girl, a girl who probably doesn't need a nose job, say around 21 years of age, it's <laughs> perhaps the early 90s, and you're from the beautiful San Fernando Valley above Los Angeles, California. However, <laughs> Today, your ruggedly handsome father, who knows absolutely nothing about you and has failed to instill any values or good temperament in you whatsoever, has brought you up to North Dakota, supposedly, for some good old father-daughter time. It's unclear what the motivation for this trip is. You are trying to determine where the hell you're going to be able to find a watercress salad or how close the nearest Four Seasons is when a hunky stud handyman gets your attention and you decide to maybe stick this rustic vacation out a couple more days. Then, suddenly, a child and a man with an extreme learning disability begin mindlessly jabbering about some bizarre creature in the basement. He's got gold buckles on his shoes and a fancy green hat, oh, he man. says. That's right, Do you, a friend with... Do you know what this is, Gavin? Is it is it a friend with weed? Is a friend indeed a leprechaun? That is right. <laughs> a friend with weed is a friend indeed. It is the motherfucking leprechaun from <laughs> Leprechaun OG ah. 1993. So here's what I here's what I'm gonna 93. I wasn't shot. It was shot that. in 91. Shot at end of 91. Didn't come out until 93. Because huh. I. I, that was Trimark's first um, film production instance, and they probably didn't know how to make a movie be a movie yet. Yeah. So um, let me add, well, here's what my plan is that I am not covering everything about the Leprechaun. Yeah. Because do you know how many Leprechaun movies there are? There's four of them, aren't there? There's eight. Eight? <laughs> there's eight <sighs> canonical Leprechaun movies. And there's no. Fucking Gremlins 3. <laughs> yeah, there's Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun 3, which is like in Los Angeles, I think, Leprechaun 4 in space, oh, Leprechaun really? 5 in the hood, Leprechaun I know 6, in the hood. Yeah. Back, to, back to the hood, Leprechaun Origins, and Leprechaun Returns. The last two are. Sans Warwick Davis and have other little people uh, in them yeah. as um, the Leprechaun. Whoa. So, okay. Leprechaun in the Hood is not Leprechaun 4, like I thought. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Because 2000. there's another one yeah. between 3 and, and Hood, which is in space. You weren't kidding. I thought you yep. were kidding. No, no, I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't. That wasn't That's a joke. Awful. This is um, awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the you know what the the audience might be surprised at our answer to this is how f I, I mean we've tipped our hand a little bit. How familiar how familiar are with you? Let's get the sentence out. How familiar are you with Leprechaun One or this I, whole honestly, series? Honestly, not very. Not yeah. me neither. That's um and so here's the thing is I I decided that I'm going to ruin every 
St. Patrick's Day for the um, for eight years of my life by watching one Leprechaun yeah. movie because I don't think I'd ever watched one fully yeah, before, I don't think I have. including this first one, Leprechaun OG 1993 with um, pre friends Jennifer yeah. Aniston and her OG nose. <laughs> How much do you think I liked this first movie? Um, oh man, you I don't know cuz you don't like movies. Yeah, that's why it's interesting. It's why it's interesting because this could go any direction. <sighs> cuz you don't know it that well, so you don't know really say what to judge that it on. You enjoyed it. Oh. Uh, I can't remember if Jennifer Aniston is a good actress or not. <laughs> I'll give you a hint yeah. that it probably may not matter as to whether she's a good actress. I'm well. I'm giving you. I'm giving you too many hints. Oh, you did not. I did not like this movie. This movie. This movie's pretty. <laughs> this movie sucks pretty bad. I. I, I will okay. have to say. I. Um. I think that maybe some part of my brain was aware of how trash this movie. Yeah. This movie was. I bet. I'm gonna guess. That out of all eight of these, about one and a half of them is quite entertaining. I'm gonna say between one and a half and two yeah. and a half of these is like is really dialed into the point of it, which is letting Warwick Davis say oh, yeah. hilarious shit and then run around and kill people yeah. in hilarious ways. Um, I and I don't know because honestly, I cannot think of one of these that I've seen more than. 40% of it yeah. just by accident. So this will be a, um, now we have to make this show for seven more yeah. years because I have to get through. Well, I mean, I won't be disappointed if I don't see Leprechaun origins and Leprechaun returns. I don't think they're there. It looks like they're kind of derailing from the point. Uh -huh. And the point mostly seems to be giving Warwick Davis, um, uh, a chance to murder people with pogo sticks and yeah. the like, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. So um, let me talk about Leprechaun 1 from 1993. <laughs> I'm the Leprechaun! Cool it, okay. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you already terrified by this? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, well, it doesn't look good because it's not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got, uh, it's got a couple of that guys in it, in addition to Jennifer Aniston and, um, Warwick Davis, who we're taking for granted. Everybody knows who he is. He's the, um, trailblazing little person actor oh, yeah, who Warwick was Davis, the, yeah. was famously as, and I've heard him say his own name. He doesn't say the second W. I think it's the UK style where it's just like W-A-R-R -R like pronunciation. They don't say it Warwick. It's just Warwick. And I've heard him say it. So I'll take his word for how to say his own damn name. Um, and he was in uh, the Star Wars movies as the original Ewok actor yeah. and invented the like just tilting the head, you know, like... New metal and dog and Michael Myers style to indicate <laughs> curiosity and actually give the character some, some like, uh, I mean, those are the things that do that thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's new metal bassists, yeah. dogs, and Michael Two Myers. Fucking new metal bassists with their hair and their goatees <laughs> going, huh? You got to do something while you're playing your bass into the fisheye lens of the camera in 1997, <laughs> yes. right? So tilt your head. 
uh, quizzically. Tilt your head like you're scary. And, okay. Anyway. Anyway. I'm probably hating on that. I'm probably hating on that guy from Lip Biscuit, who's like probably a pretty cool guy. What's his the, name? The guy that does the black oh, contacts. Like, it's like monkey or something. I. Uh... <laughs> okay. I thought you would care. That's the only reason that I brought it up um. at all. <laughs> I can tell you the show. <laughs> Uh, Warwick Davis also um, had a great big starring role a few years prior in 1998's Willow. Yeah. You need a warrior for a job like this. I'm a nobody. Where he was the titular character um, next to Val Kilmer, which was uh, kind of Ron Howard's um, desire to go down a big fantasy Avenue and Willow was pretty great. It's yeah. a good movie. It's kind of scary. Effects are pretty cool. Willow um, was my know, favorite movie yeah. for a couple of months as a child, which is like years in child. Oh, really? In child time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got great stuff. It's got a. It, it's got um, Val Kilmer as what could only be described as a kind of a swashbuckling yeah. rogue in um, Mad Mardigan. The, the best fantasy protagonist ever. He's better than Aragon. I I will dare say that. Yeah, I'm. I I really feel like somebody should have created a, a sequel. You could have done a slimmed down sequel, mostly just following Mad yeah. Mardigan around, um, and made bank on it. Of course, I'm sure just Ron Howard didn't feel like doing that and didn't want to let anybody else do Willow Two yeah. or whatever, but. The point is that subsequent of Willow 2, Warwick Davis couldn't find work um, and was technically under contract with Lucas Films. And um, George Lucas actually got a thanks, special thanks in the credits for a, like giving a written note to allow Warwick to work on anything else, which is uh, kind of odd. Um, and even though another Star Wars film would not be created for six, for another six years in uh, Phantom Bag of Shit, I think is yeah, the official title Phantom of that. Bag of Goofball yeah. Child yeah. Shit in Bureaucracy in 15 Minutes of an Awesome Sword Fight. Yeah, f- Phantom... Yeah, Phantom, Phantom of that bag. sword fight, yeah. Which is ruined by a child interrupting it every once in a while and saying it like a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Phantom McDonald's ad. Um, yeah. <laughs> by the way, any of our listeners, if you any of you are real big fans of the prequels, you, this is not a safe space. I, I um, liked uh, Revenge of the Sith a lot. Uh, is that the last one? Yeah, the it's the one? last one. I think I, I think I like that one second least. I think I hated the second one the most. Yeah, the second one called The Clone Wars had no Clone Wars in it until, like, the end, and then it was a battle. That was a clone battle. We all know that (laughs) Star Wars lore contains no information about any Clone Wars, Gavin, so there's no way they could invent such a thing just for that movie. That's crazy. (laughs) So Warwick could not find a damn thing to do when... Um, the, the director of this film, a first time director named Mark Jones came out with this idea that literally was burgeoned out of a Lucky Charms commercial. He said, ah, this inspires me. I should combine this with, hmm, what's, what's good and makes money? What's good and makes money? Critters. 
He said, I, I want to combine uh, the Lucky Charms leprechaun with critters, and thus leprechaun, the leprechaun, who has no name, at least in this first film, other than the leprechaun is born, yeah. which is about the level of depth that this uh, character is given beyond the hilarious jibes and... Uh, kind of facial yeah, does, twists that does it war ever explain why the leprechaun is chaotic evil um <laughs> rather than just mischievous i mean they not per se they do say <laughs> they say he's so he one of he always speaks in this like non-accent bullshit limerick talk yeah, it's like not even in a not even like a Dick Van Dyke attempt to do anything in the vicinity of a Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. I'm the leprechaun. Stop it, all right. Don't try and steal me, Patico. Which is probably better than trying. Which is odd because I bet if somebody were to try, Warwick Davis probably could do a fucking like. Accent. He's a real UK, properly trained UK actor. Yeah. Um. So you know he's not Dick Van Dyke. He's not from Ohio. So I mean, I bet he could do it, but it was probably better that he didn't try because the script does not give you any. The level of interest in, um, genuine fairy folk mythology from the Celtic realms. In the, in the script yeah. is uh, less than zero, I would say. Um, the you see the gold buckles on me shoes yeah. is really about as serious as it gets. I, Ma- I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, it's like this film makes um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People look like a fucking nine million dollar documentary by Ken Burns. <laughs> like, like it is. It is. It is. Absolutely abominable to the 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 Irish people and their island and um, lilt, lilting beautiful Ashling B manner of speaking. Yeah. We were always proud to be Irish and loved wearing green. <laughs> this movie starts with a flashback, you don't know what's, I, or just, you know, I guess it jumps in time. It starts in ye olden days when uh, the, the, with a just one shot, basically, of him coveting over his pot of gold for some reason, and then they go to what is like the 60s or the 70s, and yeah. some drunk Irish-American guy... I think he's supposed to be American, but they're like Irish, Irish. This yeah. movie is really bad at explaining where things are and who people are and why. Yeah. Um, he comes home like blasted in a limousine, like slamming a bottle of whiskey and explains to his wife, we're rich, don't you understand? Um, and he's had the the these gold coins shipped over from Ireland in his like mother's vase and you're supposed to just understand that this plot has already unfurled, and then immediately upon receiving them, this leprechaun, this devious little leprechaun shows up, and it's established through his little rhymes that he sold his soul for a pot of gold, which may actually be, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of pinning the, the tail on the donkey's ass of related to a leprechaun legend, and yeah. uh, proceeds to, like, murder the shit out of this old dude. Um, or, I'm sorry, he's... 
he doesn't murder him. He's going to murder him. And then the guy pulls uh, a sneaky Irish trick and, and gets a four leaf clover, which works basically like a cross to a vampire and like (laughs) hexes him back into a crate and puts the four leaf clover on the crate, sealing the leprechaun in there for generations until, Until uh, the four leaf clover falls off until the, um, mentally impaired character, uh, in the modern era, wipes it off, going like, "Wonder what's in this crate." Um, yeah. Who is played by a guy? Uh, that guy who's famous in a couple of things. He's um, the annoying fat guy in Teen Wolf, yeah. as and Francis in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, Mark Holton, who plays Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I saw a meme. That was just a picture of him from Pee Wee and his his like leisure suit has initials uh-huh. on it that says FB. And the meme said, I'm going to tell my kids this was the inventor of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those stupid memes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had, a, he had kind of a, um, a middling career playing... Um, b- bullying or punchable chubby doofuses. Yeah. Um, a little bit. I, I mean, the Francis character is very funny, and it's he does well at it because you know the Pee Wee stuff is so arch that it, it that his style actually works for it. Yeah. Um, even in Teen Wolf, he's kind of like punching through the ceiling, but uh, it yeah. works for it works for that movie too. I mean, Teen Wolf's not exactly subtle. I'm the Leprechaun. <laughs> Stop it! All right. Um, no, it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. summarize the next, uh, 80 minutes of this movie in about 30 seconds. So, so, um, Jennifer Aniston, who's there with her father, who gets like bitten by the leprechaun, leprechaun but I th- they think it's some kind of fucking animal, um, teams up with these three losers to basically stumble around this nothing one horse town either try trying to like yeah. hide this gold from each other or not believe each other that there's an evil leprechaun or give each other a hard time for either horny or ig- ignorant reasons that make no sense. Basically everybody in this movie yeah. fucking sucks. Like n- the main problem with this movie is nobody is likable. Jennifer Aniston is like a vapid, L.A. stereotype uppity, like, bitch, honestly. <laughs> and the, the yeah. like, only close to redeemable character is Mark Holton because he's too mentally impaired to have, like, nefarious intentions. Even the little kid who's his, like, sidekick and keeper is a little dickhead. The the studly handyman dude that she's like falling oh. for, he would be okay. He's played by a guy that oh, how I, familiar I, saw, I recognized am I with this dude. I was like, who the <laughs> fuck movie is this is, dude? Was, I remember well, him from something. Yeah, I'm very how familiar. familiar with some how familiar are? Are way. Party all the time. Party all the time. My girl likes to party all the time. Have a seat. It was one of those movies that for. Three or four years, I think USA had it on once a day. Like yeah. men, at, men at work, summer school, um, and then you know there would be Duckman, 
Yeah. And all that, all that like weird philosophical shit that you couldn't tell whether it was for kids or for philo- like, you know, English professors. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> His name is Ken Olent is the actor Ken and he Olent. plays the, the, the hot studly kid who could, who was always asleep in class. And then it turns out he's like a G string dancer at a, at a ladies club. Yeah. Larry, how's my ass? Where's Larry? Shh. He's a uh, nocturnal. Oh, okay. Try to keep it down. <laughs> and they're like, didn't see that coming. Also, now I realize this, why this movie is not rated like PG and that on some level I was not supposed to watch it. Um, yeah. It's, you know, uh, it's got, um, I mean, I, I was always in that movie for, um, what was it, Dave and Chainsaw, who were yeah, the, metal the, hor- the horror they movie were, yeah. metal dudes who were kind of proto, t- t- like Bill and Ted, if Bill and Ted were into slasher films. Yeah. Like, I was like, where's where are these guys' movie? Yeah, that's that's why anybody watched it. That's what, there, like, there should be a movie about this. Who gives a shit about Mark Harmon's dog? I know. All the kids in grade school knew summer school, probably because it was on TV all the time. And... Summer School was just one of the movies that existed because, you know, whenever you're like 12 or 11 years old, you know, the things that you know are the world. So Summer School was the movie, one of the movies that existed. And quoting Summer School and those two metalheads was just part of life. And everybody probably knew what you were talking about when that happened. Right. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Zoomers, I cannot tell you how lucky you are to not have to be stuck watching USA at midnight because cable is. Stupid. I know. Damn kids these days can watch anything they want at any time. Uphill both ways. <laughs> um, oh, and before I forget, I'm gonna have to make. Let's see if I can get this. Can I? I try to guess. I want to tell you. I am actually immune. Why am I actually immune? to leprechaun attacks at this very moment, Gavin. Can you can you guess as to why that is? I'm going to... Mm. Any guess? Any thought? <laughs> I'm going to try to get this. I'm going to try to get my hint on mic because it's going to be hard. I don't know if it's going to make a sound. All right. No, that's like no sound at all. Hold on. Uh. Oh, it's going to sound miserable. <laughs> Could you tell what that was? Uh, it was a box of grape nuts. No, <laughs> grape nuts does not make you immune from um, from leprechaun attacks. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It is a seasonal beverage. Oh, is it um, Guinness? <laughs> nope, nope. Guinness is year-round. <laughs> you can only get this, um, in, I believe it's only available in certain American locations of this massively ubiquitous corporate chain is it a shamrock shake it is a shamrock shake okay so shamrocks deflect war shamrocks uh shamrocks are, are like the anti-leprechaun they're Doesn't they're garlic and cross yeah yeah i'm sure it's pure malarkey <laughs> kill christ i let's not worry about it too hard <laughs> This is this episode is not about do, creating a critical comparison of Leprechaun the movie from 1930 1993 versus the Unsealy Court's depiction of like, you know, Irish fairy legends yeah. in the 5th century or like some shit. The, the I, I don't have signs of hex mechanics. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that right now. <laughs> oh man.
All in right, a year, then. in a year or two, maybe I will, I will, I will take my research um, pens out and do yeah. a, a point by point comparison of how wrong everything in every Leprechaun movie is versus yeah. traditional Irish folklore. But today is not that day. Today yeah. I'm drinking a Shamrock Shake when eating a shrimp cocktail because I'm a trash American who eats bizarre things that make no sense. Ugh. So for those of us, I've noticed we have a lot of listeners lately in Germany. So hello, Hello. Germany. Um, And those of us who are in Germany who have probably no fucking idea what a shamrock shake is. um, Traditionally, McDonald's, the uh, great American symbol of um, global capitalism, has in the United States only at certain restaurants that were deemed to be near a large population of Irish Americans, no shit, that's a real thing, um, would have this, um, for the month of March only, approximately, like one calendar month, this other, this additional flavor of green milkshake that um, came on top of their separate from their chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry flavors that was like a mint vanilla. Anybody tells you that it's just vanilla with green in it is full of shit. There is a mint flavor. It's the highest of fructose. (laughs) Yeah. And I am, uh, I do not drink a lot of milkshakes in a year, but I I make a pilgrimage to McDonald's, which I don't do very much. Uh, Every March I try to get one of these um, corporate abominations because yeah. I loved them when I was a fucking kid. They're not the same because they used to be that really gritty texture that old McDonald's shakes were. Yeah. And now you can tell that somebody named Sven was paid like a, a, a million dollars to make it like the smoothest, least friction inducing like experience possible. And it's not it's not better. It's just it's just smoother. Different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The taste oh. is mostly the same. It's just the texture is too, it's so too cr- nice. I just got a stomach ache thinking about it. Oh, nothing is food. I'm putting this on top of um, an actual like shrimp cocktail. So yeah, my my guts are gonna make some. You are gross. You're the grossest person. <laughs> in just so oh. everybody knows, I actually usually eat like a pretty reasonable person, but sometimes <laughs> I try. Nobody cares. Some, some well. <laughs> I don't want to. I, this is like my, my only time in the show thus far talking about my eating habits and like yeah, yeah, yeah. a shamrock yeah. shake and a shrimp cocktail. It's not a normal meal for any human being. It's more nutritious than my steady diet of narcotics and uh, dust. <laughs> um, only time will tell. Only time will tell. The things about the leprechaun. He's six hundred years old. He says. Hmm. He says, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he uh, he has some powers that he have and in- has include the um, a raven style mimicry of anything he's heard. Huh. Um, but actually more so, it's not just things he's actually heard, but any voice he's heard, he can speak eloquently in, which he hmm. uses to um, for much chicanery throughout the film. Yeah. Um, he's got telekinesis. He can close doors and move things around with a my with his mind and a flick of his wrist. Yeah. Um, he's cursed by four leaf clovers, as we can uh, we can um, <laughs> as we have described. Um, he can force people to have heart attacks. Is how he kills the first guy who is going to steal his gold. That's um, he's weird, yeah. <laughs> he's powered by greed. Um, 
because he's sold his soul for gold, he's just obsessed with having his 100 gold pieces. Not 99, not 98, but 100. 100, okay. Um, he has an illusory self or teleportation, and it turns out it ended up being teleportation, so it's unclear whether he can create illusions of himself, but he can do minor teleportation, which is even better. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he has... Somehow high-speed inertia and physics-defying mechanical skills because he drives basically a toy car into an SUV and flips it over a fucking hill. Um, <laughs> he somehow knows modern cop lingo, even though he's been in a crate for, like, 30 years. Huh. And then before that was, like, in Ireland. Because when he mimics this dead yeah. cop's voice, he says, like, my ETA is three minutes, boss, and sounds exactly <laughs> like a real cop. He produces a Freddy Krueger-style miniature hand through the phone receiver. Somehow... Yeah in a surreal and inexplicable magical way, but yeah. it's just a weird, creepy little kind of leprechaun hand that looks like a doll's hand. It's it, it's a really cheap version of a Freddy gag. They're like, yeah, okay, yeah. no logic to that, but it was something. He can be vexed by um, throwing shoes at him because his background as a, yeah. a shoemaker causes him to have to polish them until they're tidied up. <laughs> yeah. That Which actually produced are, a little bit of humor. Yeah, some of these are kind of close to like Fey Leprechaun, like real. Stuff. Well, what? Yeah, and what that real reminded me stuff. of is the the old vampire bit about vampires have to count things. Yeah. So if you have to run away from a vampire instead of having like you know a um, a crossbow filled with you know bolts you should just ha take a bag of rice and throw it down in front of them because they'll have to sit there and count it out for the next hour. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> I said, what I wrote down here is the PCs, meaning the main characters, are saved by the power of magical thinking because um, the, the, the mentally deficient character um, forces Jennifer Aniston to have faith that if she just focuses she'll be able to find a um a a four-leaf clover and save all of them which is it's really odd because looking into this movie there are things like that that really don't match the tone this yeah. movie is like three bad movies in terms of tone kind of like jammed inside of each other because yeah. originally it was meant to be a more mild kind of children's um, horror, whatever that means. Yeah. And then, and then, so the, the, the campy, the campy comedy was ratcheted up by Warwick, who really wanted to turn the character in a funnier direction. And then after shooting was completed, the studio, Trimark, who had not previously been into making films, but was just into like holding and distributing them, they said, well, you know, we need to get some more reshoots in here. We want to go for an R rating. So we're, we think this is more of a scary movie, um, a la like Friday the 13th or, or A Nightmare on Elm Street. So we're going to go in and reshoot some scenes and get whole whole additional sequences of like him hunting down this cop and bloody guy coming out of a, the ceiling of an elevator and much more bloody gory stuff, which gives like these bizarre atonal shifts between like cutesy dootsy kid 
drama crap and yeah. like weird off tone murder junk like pogoing <laughs> off of this pogoing off of this guy's chest until dead which is you know not in every movie yeah i can tell you the show some random shit in this movie and observations about it um, there is seriously a skitchen gag where he's roller skating <laughs> on the back of a truck, and when it goes sour, he like seriously Looney Tunes through a white picket fence, so such that there is a silhouette hole of him in it, yeah. um, which is like okay, didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. There's a jaunty wheelchair chase, which is one of the highlights of the film, where he's like. Turns out he's not the old man. He's already killed the old man. He turns in the wheelchair and then, like, chases her down the corridor of this old folks' home. But he couldn't, like, Warwick could not man the wheelchair sufficiently enough to yeah. get, like, momentum. So that they had to film it in, they had to, like, crank the film at the wrong speeds and it looks kind of just, like, wonky. But at, at that point, you're like, oh, I thought that was just meant to look goofy, so whatever, it's fine. The rest of the, yeah. well, like, the rest of this movie looks fucking perfect. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of um, compensation for what Warwick can and can't do with, like, film speed. <laughs> well, I throughout the film, honestly, he's actually, like, probably the... I would say he's the strongest thing in literally every scene. <laughs> Honestly, if this if oh, yeah, he, yeah, if yeah. he was not in this movie, it would be utter trash and no one would ever talk about it. Like yeah. his his energy is about 90% of the enjoyability of the entire film because everybody else sucks total bags of shit. Like it is just no one is likable. Jennifer Aniston, whether it's her fault or not, I don't think it is, but she's playing the most annoying final girl of like all of the 90s. There is yeah. nothing redeemable about her. None of the other characters is um competent or likable. Like the the studly handyman guy would be okay except he's a complete fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> my my dad and I would would have just said that this movie is a real strays situation. Are you familiar with the movie Strays? No. I will bring this up multiple times on this show. Uh, it is a strange. Timothy Busfield movie about him and his family moving out to the country and being murdered by a bunch of cats. Yeah. Um, there is an evil rabid cat who becomes the alpha cat and a bunch of not even like wilderness cats just fucking house cats that yeah. like take over his house like house like 30 or 40 of them and yeah. and and like when i was in high school we just like screamed in laughter screaming at how stupid this fucking movie was i was like one redneck in half an hour and this then this movie would be fucking over like yeah. it's so stupid like i realized that birds is a thing but at least birds can fly like, yeah. And birds also will randomly attack a person. Like, cats yeah. do not organize, nor do they ever do anything in no, a dangerous no, no, no. way. One, yeah, one thing I'm not afraid of is, a, like, a house cat. They, yeah. they hate each other, too. They're not going to organize because no. they hate each other. And, and despite our previous anecdote about when we were, like, 12 and talking about killing a bunch of imaginary cats in D&D, I am massively yeah. pro-cat. I have three cats. One of them's 21 years old. I'm a huge cat fan. But they are not going to organize such to terrorize your family in yeah. rural America. It doesn't, yeah. It's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, they hate each other so much. Yeah, cats usually at best tolerate each other. 
Um, and in watching this movie, the incompetence of everyone involved started to really create like a meme in my mind within our show about movies that have this layer of incompetent rural Americans who are depicted abs- yeah. in a completely unrealistic way to, yeah. to, to battle even minor l- dangers. Right, because this yeah. is basically—I mean—he's got some minor magical powers, but he's not unkillable. He's basically like the size of a child and does some minor chicanery and bites you on the leg for some reason. Yeah, like like if all of the characters didn't idiotically unload their guns into bushes for no reason, this yeah. movie would this movie would be about half an hour long. It seems I'm I'm watching a highlight of all of the leprechaun kills. And what what seems to me is that some type of magical thing happens where he makes his murders uh, a mystic performance, almost as if it's like a, a charm or an illusion, where the entire world has to stop, and he's the centerpiece of all reality, and everything is under his control. Kind of like uh, uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> kind of like Saved by the Bell. Yeah, whenever um, whenever Zach would stop time and and explain and break the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. No, that that t- that magical time stopping power that Zach has that's actually called white privilege. Interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting factoid there from Saved by the Bell. But no, I I do get what you mean. But I think yeah. if anything. Um, maybe that's more a, a bit of convenience by production that you're like, okay, now we're going to go to the shot of the leprechaun doing the shit. And if if anything, it's easier to just like, all right, break it into its own segment, but it does. Of course. That's how it has to be. Yeah. There's also kind of like a feeling where he's, he's befuddled everybody who would be seeing this happening because sometimes there's bystanders and they're all just like watching this absolutely amazed that the leprechaun even exists and um, can't do anything to stop it just because the leprechaun is so uh, glamorous. <laughs> yeah. No, I they, there is certainly an aspect of like these people, if there was a wolverine or like a, 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 a pack of wolverines attacking these people or yeah. some coyotes or, you know, any of a dozen like real physical threats that would find you in North Dakota randomly. These people give the impression that they would have been overpowered by any minor inconvenience, let alone like a magical little man from ancient Ireland. Right. (laughs) Like it, it, it becomes an odd little allegory for just general uh, American incompetence, which I, I kind of dislike because if anything, I think that uh, Americans have proved that we are uh, ri- like, I don't know, greasy cantankerous fuckers that are good or good at surviving situations. Yeah. And, and the Irish people that came over here, they're the ones that were like, we're extra fucking cantankerous so much so that we're not going to put up with this like slow ass bullshit anymore. We're going to go get into bigger, better problems. Yeah. Populate this whole fucking continent. <laughs> with our <laughs> filthy shamrock shakes. You're welcome. You're welcome. We were always proud to be Irish and loved wearing green. <laughs>
Hi there. My name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm the CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a colors for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a colors for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle-quality 27-inch half-guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. The best leprechaun kill that I just watched um, features this uh, looks like incredibly vain woman who's complimenting herself in the mirror. I don't know what the setup for this is, and I don't know which leprechaun it is. But the leprechaun shows up out of nowhere and asks her if she would like wishes granted so that she could have like bigger boobs and a bigger ass and better lips, like plastic surgery, but magic. Uh-huh. And so the leprechaun starts doing this, but. Her boobs and ass and lips grow larger and larger and larger until they're unsustainable and she explodes. Uh-huh. And the the prosthetics in this, similar to the guy with the flat head, is just hilarious. Whoever's doing these effects needs to be mentioned. <laughs> I don't know the people in the in the in the effects of that movie, but I will yeah, say have to find out more I about will say all these that, movies. <laughs> I will say that um, there is a guy named Gabe Bartolos who was the effects dude for essentially Warwick's character in number one, who yeah. has done a whole bunch of st- uh, stuff. He was um, a, a sculptor on Fright Night 2. He worked on Basket Case 2, Frankenhooker, Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2. Um, he's worked on, like, most of these Leprechaun movies as special makeup designer. And that may be, you know, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm not sure how much he's involved in, each, in all of them. He yeah. was a sculptor for effects on Darkman, on The Giver, everybody's favorite VHS film, um, <laughs> Basket Case 3, Happy Hell Night. He's He looks like he's, uh, let's see, The Cave, Brain Dead. He has done a ton of makeup effects and special effects. So um, the way that the Leprechaun looks is nearly entirely the responsibility of this dude, Gabe Bartolos. And I would say... 
of all of the things going on, particularly with the first film, the look of the leprechaun is one of the only good ones. So, um, <laughs> Mr. Bartolos, you get a thumbs up for me, particularly if you have also worked on Army of the Dead and uh, Dark Man. You seem to be pretty competent and imaginative. Me? All right, so here are my observations about the leprechaun from Leprechaun. Um, it is a very, honestly, it's a pretty weak monster. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It, it, there are lots of elements in the movie that are obviously derivative of gremlins and and critters, which sometimes is compared to gremlins. Critters, I'll agree with. I don't know about gremlins. Well, you have to see it's, it. There, you know, there's things like he drives a little toy car around, and okay. he like he yeah. he melts at the end, and the melting effect is very much the like stripe mel- stripe melting lime effect at the end. Um, yeah. So I just take my word for it. There's a there's a few layers of um, gremlinsy vibes. And Warwick is great. Obviously, what it does is it establishes a mean little psychopathic magical guy who can create funny horror gags. And that, thanks to Jennifer Ana- Jennifer Aniston being in it, enough people gave it a second look later on that it became kind of a VHS classic yeah. and led to one of the most prolific horror um, franchises in horror history. So yeah, that's probably why people know what it is because yeah. if Jennifer Aniston wasn't in it. It would be right there with ghoulies. Yeah. It's kind of a gag and, factory. And, yeah. and I, but I have to say the gags in this movie are not that great. Um, they're kind no. of, they're cheaply done. A lot the, of them are literally afterthoughts because they were yeah. shot after primary filming um, the characters are not funny. Their choices make no sense. The script is stupid. And every, yeah. every single person is unlikable, which only has the one benefit of when they die. It is amusing. But all the main characters who are just as unlikable, most of them make it through the movie. They st- tend to just kill per- tertiary characters. If you had killed everybody in this movie... Um, I would have liked it 10 times more, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> he killed the studly guy, killed the kid, yeah, killed the yeah. dumb guy. I'd have been like, nah, this is a fucking movie, all right. I do remember the end of it when Jennifer Aniston was walking away triumphant. Like, um... <laughs> like John Bender? That. Yeah, but I, it's, it's a, if the leprechaun were to attack me... Uh-huh. Um, I would imagine that he would start saying a bunch of shit and start, like, pantomiming his joke and setting it up and everything, during that 40 seconds, I'd shoot him. Uh, yeah. Or um, kick him. Uh, yeah, it's just the impl- the implausibility of it in many ways uh, really bankrupts uh, any sense of reality that the, the movie lives in, and it, it's just, it just doesn't help. <laughs> so... Um, basically, I I kind of feel like this is a monster, this is like the still germinating egg version of this monster, and that he's really not going to come to full, full, um, Pokemon evolution for a couple of movies. So, the character doesn't make a lot of sense, but he's, he's basically is kind of a minor, 
like fairy or puka yeah, creature. Well, the, there was a lot you could do with the idea that a leprechaun, something that's supposed to be a mischievous, somebody who's supposed to teach lessons, somebody uh-huh. who's yeah. supposed to do that, like like the the transformed cobbler who is now cursed to uh, force people into reflection about greed. Yes. Taking that and then turning him into a maniacal killer has a lot of things in it that you can do. And Uh it looks like all they really did with it was really bad FX gag. (laughs) Yep. No. Um, Most of your (laughs) most of your popular fairy stereotypes, you know, they are they are meant to symbolize lessons uh, yeah. Don't be greedy. Don't be a liar. You know, yeah. don't uh, start a land war in Asia or whatever it is. <laughs> and this movie t- decided to ignore any of that shit and make a wisecracking Lucky Charms monster who's obsessed yeah. with his coins. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm sure that there are aspects of the later um c- canon of these movies that I'm going to like, but this movie gets a... Uh, a hard, a hard ass down for me, um, <laughs> as much as I do enjoy Warwick Davis in it. So yeah. with that, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Um, no, no, <laughs> nope. Because uh, any version of the art you could make might be interesting or spooky, but it is not bitchin'. No. Leprechauns, not bitchin'. Is um is Friends bitchin' van art? <laughs> I'm sure that there is a Friends van somewhere. <laughs> Have you noticed the the cool teens wearing Friends t-shirts lately? Apparently, yeah, it's a whole thing for teens to watch Friends. <laughs> now, why? It's I not don't a good understand. Show. I don't. It's not that great. It's just like nothing bad ever happens, so it's kind of chill. I know. It's like, did you know that Joey was goofy? I yeah, did. It's like, <laughs> do you want all of your really minor homophobia and like anti-women yeah. sentiments wrapped up in like an extremely mild and inoffensive package? Yeah. It's like, here did you go. know this this new character was gay? I did not know that, but it's all right. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. monkey. Let's make a whole episode about where how we're not anxious about it and still manage to give the wrong fucking message. Anyway, yeah, it, it turns out Giovanni Rabisi is a drug addict. Let's ignore that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are problems for other people. He shouldn't have been. Yeah, those like, are problems for other shows. He shouldn't have been poor. What was, yeah, he, what was he thinking? They really did set that up and did nothing with it. It was mm. like. Hey, Phoebe, is this your brother? Yes, he's a drug addict. Okay, back to Monica. Yeah, you can't, you can't have him in that show for too long because he's a way better actor than everybody else. Yeah. We, we brought in this sleeper to play an actual character in this show, and he, he, yeah. he only gets to be in three episodes. All right, it is not bitchin' van art. Uh, Gavin, no. you have... I've been tr- trying to avoid 
these abominations of photos that you've dropped into our resources page for me to look at. <laughs> what the holy crap am I looking at? Because it is... Are well, these, these are from Lepre- the Leprechaun movies. Oh, Jesus. Which one is this movie from? I'm seeing this woman in a blue V-line yeah. dress... Who, yeah, this oh, this, still, oh, this is the woman whose TNA gets from, gets from wishing wishing that she had better plastic surgery. Wait, her head yeah. explodes? Yes, she all of her explodes. Her oh, head wouldn't first. you think the TNA would explode? Why would the head? They explode? do later as she as the the that's a still photo as it's falling. They explode too. Because because that second one where you can see her face and she's like, oh, yeah. she looks like she looks like a Sims character who like. <laughs> yeah. Just, just I don't know, saw God or something. And yeah, let me see which and one that's Who's from. just going to like catch fire with unholy digital wrath. Yeah, that's from Leprechaun Returns. Okay, because she, she really looks like a monster factory nightmare. She does yeah. not look like a real... her. Well, that's a real choice with the lips. Man. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's not my describing pictures, though. So. Oh, <laughs> Here's my describing picture. (laughs) Glad I had to see that then. Well, it's you put it in the Instagram. The segment on the show where we describe all the fucking goblins. No, who the fuck is that? Um. Well, this. Well, what do you see, and what time period do you think this is? This is um. This is uh like a faded old silver print chemical photo from maybe the forties or fifties. It's a black and white image of kind of, um, uh, oddly shit. Is that fucking, is that what's his name? Like Hellboy? No. no. Who, there's kind of, he's kind of like a school, a dressed up schoolboy for picture day with like, uh, greased down hair looking, um, you know, wizenedly off into the distance, like an Olin Mills photo. So I, I don't, I don't know. Who is it? What's going on? That's here? Mel Brooks. Oh, it's Mel Brooks. <laughs> okay. Huh. How about that? And I think I might have my new describing gimmick. Okay. Is it, um, old Jewish men? No, it's showing... It's showing really, really young pictures. I, yeah, okay. I can kind of get. I can kind of get with that. Um, yeah, I can see that's. I can definitely see that that's Mel Brooks. He, um, his his skin looks so soft. And there's yeah. also one of the effects <laughs> yeah. of of these like forties um, and fifties print um, prints yeah. is they really have an effect of kind of like buttery smoothing out whatever blemish minor blemishes you might have um yeah. and let alone if there's any like you know production effects that the the person is being paid to do but yeah how how about that he kind of looks like he looks, um, <laughs> he looks too young to be like a world war ii hero yeah right because but- yeah, the, like he look. He looks like World War Two is happening right now. Yeah, I wonder how old he is. If we dated this photo, how old he is in this? Because he looks like he's about fifteen in this. Um, yeah, and I know that a lot of Mel Brooks's. Um, well, uh, World War Two was a big thing for Mel Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> if you, he he uh, was in World War Two. Yeah, everybody that yeah. was in World War Two, it's probably a big fucking thing for them. Yeah, and oh, and, and he he, 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 ta- he talks about it at length. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's 
that one I would have gotten immediately. That's yeah. that's probably yeah. How interesting. Um, he's a he's a interesting looking guy. Yeah, like, it's it's weird how it's like he doesn't want he's he doesn't doing have it. one exaggerated feature. He's got like four or five kind of slightly like puffed up features. Yeah, he, but his nose like isn't massive. Like it's, it's, not, it's, it's not like his near. It's not like his nose or his mouth or his ears. It's just kind of a, a confluence of character. Yeah, exactly. It, it he doesn't look like Mel Brooks in these pictures. I think because he's not doing an impersonation of anything. And whenever he does an impersonation of something, he'll either like push his brow forward, or jut his jaw. Or do something to change the entire <laughs> yeah, he's got, of his face. He's, yeah, he's got real yeah. old vaudeville instincts to yes. like really yeah. sell it. <laughs> yeah, um, big big Marx Brothers vibes off, yeah. off of Mel, which I'm sure is not coincidental. I'm sure that is um, that he's drawing from that intentionally. I I one I love Mel Brooks too. I'm amazed that he's still alive, and it's great. Did he? Yeah, is. he's really yeah. Good. That's awesome that he's still alive. <laughs> um, well, what interesting? Yeah, interesting. And <laughs> yeah, I honestly, literally, I don't want to know anything bad about Mel Brooks because he's just so great. I just I don't. don't think there is anything hopefully, about there is Mel just Brooks. no. There's no bad information. He never like no. skipped out on a parking ticket or anything because he's no, just a. A one human being, a hundred percent sure that ever since um, after World War II, Mel Brooks focused on entertaining people, which yeah. means that there's probably nothing bad about his past. Like he didn't have any time. He didn't have any time to do any like debauchery or like. Uh, he certainly didn't fall from anything because he was really focused on <laughs> yeah. making comedy movies and like. <laughs> yeah, I will say. Look, I do not. I, I'm going to say this as as clearly as I can. I am anti-World War III. <laughs> yeah, but I will say that historically, and this is going to be men, right? Because it's historically. But historically, the men that have survived big wars and were not just totally crushed in them have re- usually had their personalities crystallized toward... Um, positive results. You know, yeah. for some reason, we don't have a lot of like sociopaths and serial killers that come out talking about their time in war. That's really kind of a, a construct of Hollywood and storytelling. Yeah. But there are so many stories of particularly guys in like World War II and Korea and other conflicts throughout the globe that um, see horrific shit in war and then it, it really acts as... Um, if not a, a springboard in their conscious mind, it just means it just you can tell that in their story everything kind of came together after that because they had a different sense of what was important. And unfortunately, yeah. such oh, a absolutely. such a small percentage of our country now participates in the protection of the country that we have. We're so oh, far away from it. It's very this unfortunate. Is, this is the thing that I wanted to say, which is I I, I was scared that my idea about this was just a, an amalgamation of all of the things that disgust me personally. But I think that, like, demented people and sociopaths who harm other people, I think that comes from arrogance. 
because none of them have been humbled in any type of situation like having to go through the trauma of an extended gunfight or yeah yeah, yeah. or anything where where you have to depend on like uh, other people like other soldiers yeah. where you're not alone and you're not being like tortured by a tormentor or anything but you're in a situation that is dire absolutely dire and out of your control and has no direct cause yeah. like a war and you know there are going to be some notable exceptions like adolf oh, hitler who's yeah there's going to be a lot mustache, of whose weird, weird mustache was um as a, because a result of, of being gassed because his his yeah. fancy big mustache didn't allow him to get the gas mask on right yeah. so is every rule going to have some counterexamples ab so friggin lutely yeah but, yeah yeah but it humbles a lot of people into being Someone who would never wish that type of horror on anybody else. Absolutely. And I think humility is a great aggregator of of good as opposed to being a shitbag. Yeah. um, Absolutely. I'm glad that if if anybody would just take five minutes and Google... Google Mel Brooks discusses World War II, his stories about it are phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's... shocking and hilarious and everything that you could possibly expect from him discussing it. All right. Well, that was a weirdly uh, positive and upbeat <laughs> um, describing, but I, I like I'm it. Bring it to describing. I'm going to bring it to describing. <laughs> okay. um, Mel Brooks <laughs> in the, fo- in welcome. Well, Mel Brooks to back to the foxhole. You need a warrior for a job like this. I'm a nobody. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. If you'd be so kind as to tell a friend about this very show, or support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes, or a high review on whatever platform you listen to us on, that really does help us a lot in that. And I myself, Gavin, have a Twitch channel which is Twitch TV, Gavin Longshanks. I'm actually on it and doing things. I'll also have a YouTube channel with a bunch of funny stuff. It's just Gavin Longshanks on YouTube. Um, Check that out if you want. Share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for images that go along with each episode. Comment on the Instagram. Uh, Send us suggestions about monsters we should cover. Any monster from any movie, folklore, video game, or popular knowledge. You can email those suggestions at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. We also want your role-playing game stories. Oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, and I know that um, I, I've i been riding the, like, Hollywood monster um, line pretty hard lately, so I'm going to yeah, put that's my... Fine. I'm going to put a personal embargo on myself to do a couple of um, <laughs> couple of rounds embargo on do a couple embargo of rounds on. of no no hollywood monsters so i'm going to be bringing them from from other areas of mythology so uh if you're yeah. not as much into I'll the just... hollywood monsters don't worry about it 
I'll just continue to do what feels right. <laughs> right. Uh, and if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or, if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. <laughs> and we have been... Oops. oops all Potagold. Shamrock shakes. Shamrock. Oops. All high fructose corn syrup. This enema is green for some reason. Uh, <laughs> this enema is green. Yeah. Somebody had to do a voice. <laughs> if I don't do a voice, then we'll start focusing on the fact that I said enema. Um, Mel Brooks should do like one million dollar cameos. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm stopping my recording. I'd pay a million dollars for a Mel Brooks cameo. Christ